0: Lachlan Scott is an innovative social entrepreneur and founder and CEO of HealthLink, a mental health charity. Lachlan has a background in helping people with mental health problems and he founded HealthLink mainly out of his own experiences in the West of Ireland. One of the groups where he is helping people to address their mental health problems is in the Irish diaspora or the Irish immigrants. He can also help out corporates with with their EAP programs on a practical pay-as-you-go basis. Lachlan has good advice on how to recognize if COVID is affecting your own relationships. This is a little different for us, but it is very pertinent to innovation in a different context, and you'll realize how he's helping to make things better for people. What I found about Lachlan is that he's truly innovative in the delivery of services and in the client groups he helps. I think you'll agree when you hear his story which is really interesting
1: This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, Digital First Selling During these times of COVID and falling telco sales Digital First Selling is the answer to new customer acquisition increasing revenues and cost reduction If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider we have the ideal Digital First Selling as a Service solution for you The Netzer Digital First Selling Solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. It will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution.
0: Welcome to the podcast, and I'm delighted to have on this week's podcast, Lachlan Scott. So Lachlan is a little bit different than a normal guest. hes I'll use his own quote. He says, I am a social entrepreneur. My main aim in my work life is to provide mental health services that are accessible to all. So first of all, Lachlan, uh, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks. That's great. Yeah, And it's a pleasure to be on it.
0: Not at all. No, but this is really interesting. Mental health affects everybody. But you have a quite wide um, view of it, and you've done some really innovative things. So you're the the founder and CEO of HealthLink Mental Health. So maybe, can we just start there, just give some fix to people as to what you do?
1: Sure. So, well, I I was um, in in the social work department as a social care worker uh, for the HSE before it became Tusla um, for about six and a half years. Uh, I was working mostly with youth. But uh, what I was also seeing was that there was a lot of gaps in service provision when it came to, right across the board, all the different types of services, but specifically mental health it was really starting to raise its head for me because in the West of Ireland there, before Helplink Mental Health came into being, there was no seven-day-a-week counselling or, or services. And also while I was in HSC, I was trying to get my own counselling because I was going through a, a breakup and that kind of thing. And uh, I couldn't find a counsellor to, to see me except at lunchtime okay. um, during my workday. Obviously, because the work I do was very intense psychologically as well. I was going, getting my counselling at lunch, my lunch break, and then coming back and dealing. And I did, I basically didn't think I was doing the best I could for my clients at the time. Mm-hmm. So I said, this has got to change. I started uh, looking at, at the same time also, I was studying online for uh, as a health psychologist and i started to kind of marry the two ideas of online service provision in my head and the lack of services that were there so i set up helplink um, it was called helplink support services initially it was an online counseling service that was available 7 days a week and it was also at the time uh, it was a, a, i had developed a health directory app okay. for phones for smartphones
0: uh, um, so you're, yeah. you you were under a lot lot of stuff was happening but just sort of, just a clue there. Also, you're a fairly technically savvy guy, apart from... Um,
1: well, I was, a, I've always been a gamer. Um, okay. uh, so yeah, kind of a nerd gamer type thing, like, you know, right. and uh, I also kind of was, was I was playing in these online games where you're with different communities and that kind of stuff, and you all talk to each other and, and that kind of thing. And that was going on at the same time as well. I was kind of going, this, this really works. From mm-hmm. a global aspect, I mean, like I'm talking to somebody in, in Estonia, I'm talking to somebody in the, in the U.S. All at the same time, we're all working together to achieve something. So I, I started that all kind of started kind of clicking together to say, you know, like, let's use let's use online. And then I started doing research around it, and I realized that Australia, this has been going on for decades in Australia. In fact, I mean, they started off in the '60s with phone counseling support. And because their population is so disparate, so I started looking at that, and then uh, I started looking at the US then as well, and what they were doing. And uh, what I wanted to basically do was to be able to bring mental health services to people rather than the other way around. Right. Because the current, even the, the even pre-COVID, it, it was all you have to come to our clinic, and we'll help you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, the, the problems with that were twofold. One is. For a lot of people in, in in Ireland that aren't in the cities, uh, there was hardly any access to anything. Even if they were in the cities, they couldn't access it after five o'clock. Yeah. And then the th- third thing was actually the stigma surrounding going into a, a clinic to get mental health support. So the yeah. stigma is still very strong here in Ireland, like you know.
0: Yeah, and so, uh, so that's quite. I mean, I think you're what you're doing is literally helping break that down by both the technical accessibility, shall we say, but also your frankness about your own experience, I think, would give people some level of comfort that you, you, you're, you shall we say, client-focused? I don't know if that's a good word, Lachlan, but- um, no, no,
1: it's exactly what it is. and we, we are completely client-focused. Uh, and we're also, are the 28 counsellors that we have, they're all what's called solution-focused as well. Mm-hmm. So it's about dealing with the here and now and getting somebody up and going again, being a functional part of society um, and at the same time helping those around them in their inner circle as well because if we can support them then their 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 families and friends around them will we'll be able to see the results of that and feel the results of that but it's like, it's like anything really within within business because I was in business before this I, I was in retail management and management in retail before I got into the whole mental health and and social care side of things i had my own business as well when i was 20 and and that kind of thing so i've always been involved in in business and what i did did see was a lot of charities out there non-profits out there they were set up with really good will because something somebody experienced something themselves but then there was no business acumen behind it
0: right
1: so inevitably a lot of them failed because or, or, or they were dependent on one source of funding like from the agency or from the government or whatever it was or from donations. When I started setting up Helplink, I was like, well, I'm not going to go down that road either. I want to set up something that brings its own money in, but can provide services free as well. Right. Uh, so, so, that.
0: so that's what being a social entrepreneur means to you. You, you, you're in a way running a business to subsidize other services that you can give to people. Is that exactly. fair? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: in yeah. A nutshell. yeah exactly. And it also means that we're a more sustainable organization as well, because we're not dependent on one source of revenue to, to provide the services. Now, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a battle. It's a constant battle because you're, 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 off, you're constantly trying to weigh up, you know, even for the services that we do have that are low cost, we're constantly trying to weigh up, like, are we, is this low cost enough that it's getting to enough people? Um, but at the same time, being able for us to keep our doors open and that kind of thing, like you know, so it's it's a very hard model to work under. But I truly believe when it comes to health and especially uh, health and mental health, social enterprise should be how we look at these things rather than a profit-driven model. Like you know, you can yeah. still be making a profit as a social enterprise. But it just goes back into the organization to provide other services for people and that kind of thing like so I mean, people are still getting paid and uh, people are still the professionals are getting are getting paid there and then, then people are getting the support they need when they need it so it's it's that combination that we, we yeah yeah, at yeah. so sort
0: of the socialist idea like if you can pay we can pay if you can't pay we'll still help you if you can that's exactly a of, yeah, yeah 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 that's really yeah. admirable but you we were talking about it earlier and we talked about the, the irish diaspora uh as the podcast will cover a lot of people in Ireland but also has international audience you mentioned that you reached out with a new service to the irish diaspora
1: yes so what was the, what actually that started with was our low-cost service we had a lot of business people on that service and they were then traveling for work it was obviously all pre-covers uh, they were traveling for work and they wanted to keep up their up their therapy while, while they were abroad. So we were providing the online counseling to them in their hotel rooms or wherever they were, kind of in the world. And then we kind of started look, talking to uh, a couple of our, our trustees and the board were talking about how their family had emigrated during the, rece- the last recession and that kind of thing, forced emigration, essentially, mm-hmm. how the, a lot of them were struggling. So we went to the Department of Foreign Affairs and we said, look, we think that we can provide something for. Our citizens that are struggling and uh, that have had to go abroad and that kind of thing. And uh, they gave us some funding to do a piece of research around it. So that took about nine months of research and we found that one of the biggest problems for immigrants, whether they're Irish or not, is that they're much less likely to engage with mental health services in their country of adoption. Okay. And even when they do, there's a cultural, the cultural uh, sensitivities that sometimes don't work as quickly. And so that makes the therapeutic process take a lot longer. Mm-hmm. so what we what we said is okay well look there's there's definitely two cohorts of people here there's the business people that are going abroad um, and working abroad that we need to support and also all these all these people for example a lot of young people in their early 20s that had to leave from the building industry and all that kind of stuff and they were all over in australia and there was a lot of stuff going on uh, in australia with the working in the mines over there where what they were seeing was a lot of addiction coming it's called fly in fly out work they would fly in. They would work seven days a week for two three weeks, and then they're off for two three weeks. So they so they come out from working like this, and they have massive pay packet, and then they're just spending on drink and gambling. Right. Addiction was getting really really bad. So this was another area that we we we, we identified that we needed to support. Um, so in 2016, then we we set up the Irish abroad service. We piloted it first in Australia, and it absolutely took off. Uh, then uh, an uh, Irish Canadian support agency asked us to come into Canada and uh, mm-hmm. they would help us go in there. And um, we did that. And then by 2018, it was a global, fully global service. And in 2019, we started supporting them, Irish people that were returning to Ireland, um, mm-hmm. because you were also having people at this stage coming back from being abroad after after being basically had to go after during the recession they were coming back and they were trying to readjust back into the Irish society yeah. which yeah. had changed massively within that within that uh, few years so we do that now with um, some of our partners CrossCare, care uh, migrant project safe home ireland and the irish council for prisoners overseas they all send referrals into us um, for mm-hmm. that as well people can self-refer to it, but uh, basically it's a free service you get a, a minimum of six free counseling sessions by, by an irish counselor irish-based counselor and um, they're culturally sensitive so it can be it really can work very very well.
0: Right, yeah.
1: We have provided that to Irish citizens now in 35 countries um, um, and over 15 cities. Yeah. That's
0: an amazing story, Lockdown. You know, first of all, I guess there's the leap in moving to technology as a communication medium. Secondly, is sort of the evolution of that service as you, shall we say, identified new clients who needed the service or were comfortable with the service because of its cultural and home-based aspects. So it's, it's really amazing. And sort of like social innovation, you might say. I really find that fascinating.
1: Very much so. And and you know, it's it's, it's fascinating because it actually this 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 stuff really works at home. It look, I mean, online counseling is not a panacea for for everything. But what it is really good for is depression and anxiety, mild to moderate presentations of mental health. It's really really good. And also, what it's good for is it's good for getting the services out to people. Um, that may say, for example, a physical disability, so it's very hard for them to get into um, uh, into a clinic or, or whatever it might be. Some of the best testimonials we've had back are there's there's two that always come to mind to me. One is a farmer uh, who was on his tractor having his counselling, really in the middle yeah. of his farm. Yeah.
0: yeah, and he
1: said, "This is the best. I would never ever have gotten counselling if I couldn't have gotten it this way. It means I don't have to leave the land." Mm-hmm. It means I don't have to get dressed up to go into town. It mm-hmm. means I don't have to uh, spend 20, 30 euro on diesel trying to get to the nearest town or city where I can get the support I need. Mm-hmm. And nobody sees me getting the support I need as well. Yeah. Yeah. The second one, this woman who had crippling social anxiety, she barely, she hadn't been out of her house in about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And our counsellor, she she got her eventually, to put the, head, the headphones into her ear I brought a smartphone with her, and she basically coached her the whole way down to the local shop. She right. bought her bread and milk, said hello to the teller,
0: right. paid the
1: money, and came back up. That was phenomenal for her. Like so, yeah. Amazing. The use of it's online amazing. technology is just brilliant. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic.
0: It's, that's just an incredible story, Lachlan. No, fair use to hmm. you. Hmm. Is there any advice? We we all live in a stressed world today with COVID. Is there any advice you'd give to people in general who are going through this that we all are? But what do you think they should look out for in themselves? It's
1: a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very tough question because we're all experiencing this differently. We're all experiencing it in a negative way, unfortunately. Um, they're, like We've more than doubled our clientele in, in the past 12 months. It's right across society. It's right across the age group as well. I mean, we do a lot of work with um, children as well. So we, we, we're we not just based on one age course. We, we help um, children as young as three. Uh, and uh, no adults. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have a suite of counseling services that, that people can choose from um, for all different age groups. We don't leave anybody behind, basically. But when it comes to COVID, look, we're all, we're all, uh, I'm like I mean, being, in fact, like I, I started my counseling back up again uh, in six months ago. Because of what was going on with COVID and and that kind of stuff, I'd be quite a home bird myself anyway. Uh, uh, Like normally, I really would. I I enjoy being at
0: home. I only realised how antisocial I was when. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I that. I mean, I love these memes that are coming out because there really is. I mean, I I do. I do love. uh, I I love uh, my own kind of company and my family and and that kind of thing. But even for somebody like me, it's really started to reach its toll. I think about six months in, Mm -hmm. and I was like. was recognizing i I was getting snappy with people around me i was um feeling i was just like feeling like down for no reason really no real reason like beyond the constant covid the thing so i was like right okay now that that's a that's a sign for me i need to get some support now because like i mean I I, like
0: yeah you were aware there's
1: there's that old adage of the physician heal thyself um you you have this
0: antenna i guess that you can notice here in your own behavior but look yeah look,
1: exactly uh, and and i think for other people that's something um if you're finding you, you're getting aggravated at things quicker and that kind of stuff if uh, the communication is kind of breaking down a bit within your household with your partner and that kind of stuff like you know these are all signs that you need to Maybe get some independent support because. Right. And now there are lots of people that maybe they would go and get the information themselves and um, through the internet and that kind of thing. And and uh, there are some really good platforms out there, like for example for young people uh, in Ireland, you got Spun Out and Jigsaw, and um, their their online platforms are brilliant and that kind of thing, but they're aimed at one cohort unfortunately. But um, the main thing. Um, to be looking out for is is those breakdowns in communication those those heightened kind of emotional states are times that you need to go get that support and sometimes that support can be a family or a friend sure um uh, like like, it doesn't have to be a professional um but there is huge merit in having a professional support you alongside the work with your friends family like you know and there are a lot of resources out there that are actually free or low cost for people to get that support. But I know the biggest thing, the biggest thing for people is to pick up the phone
0: or yeah. to go on to yeah. the
1: computer. And that kind of thing. It's so hard to do. It really is. But trust me, from a person who's living the experience and has lived the experience, it is the best thing you can do for yourself. From a physical point of view, going to your GP is the best thing you can do for yourself if, you're, if something's wrong. From a mental health point of view, also going to GP initially, but to for a referral that kind of thing. Like, but um, uh, is to get some independent professional support. I like, can. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, Lachlan, that's a very wise advice, and people, anyone out there, should you know think about that. Um, I'm sure any businesses that would like to support you, how would they reach you? You know, I mean, how was it way to contact? Okay,
1: well, there's, there's, there's two things actually. For we actually have corporate services as well. Um, mm-hmm. So we have what's v- unique to Ireland, as far as we know, and innovative again, hopefully from HelpLink, uh, is we do a pay-as-you-go employee counseling service. Very good. So yeah, the majority of uh, of uh, EAP programs, employee assistance programs uh-huh. uh, in Ireland, are um, are provided through uh, international uh, EAP companies um, who um take a percentage of the payroll so if you're a big enough business that's okay but if you're a small to medium-sized enterprise which the majority of in ireland are you can't afford something like that off your payroll every month for a service that mightn't be even used yeah so what we came up with was the idea that you you have a service for your employees and yourself but it's only paid for when it's being used why should you pay for something that's not been used? That's our philosophy on the whole thing anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And then we do, uh, we just released uh, live webinars to support uh, employees and leaders around uh, taking care of their mental health and crisis communication and that kind of stuff. So yeah, we, we just did a taster for the Galway Chamber here, actually, uh, the business chamber. Um, and we just won best SME, actually.
0: Um, no, it's amazing. Blackline fantastic, uh, right? I mean, I'm I'm stunned at the amount of things you're coming up with. You guys are really reaching out. You're really innovative, fair juicy. And how how do people contact you?
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so um, we have two websites. Our main website is HelpLink.ie, mm-hmm. and then we have a, a new website that we're launching next month uh, officially. It's called mindtax.ie. HelpLink.ie that- I- has everything
0: sorry uh, could you spell that second one there uh lachlan oh, mind as
1: in mind m-i-n-d and then hacks h-a-c-k-s okay. mind hacks to hack your mind basically yeah
0: sure, sure. um
1: and uh, there's lots of information and education services on mindhacks.ie uh, around that taking care of your mental health and then the uh site um has all of our services in one place
0: yeah. okay well you. that's brilliant lachlan and It's admirable and also practical for, I think, something that's affecting everybody these days. Also, on this podcast, you get to nominate the outro song. So what did you have in mind? I think you have a podcast background yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we we did. Um, we actually stopped it in January uh, to concentrate on the Tax platform. But for three years, we were providing a, a radio show on podcast called The Helplink Show. And uh, we always had a piece from uh, one of my favorite songs, uh, which is by a, a guy called Ben Howard, who's from uh, Devon, I think it is. And uh, it's called Keep Your Head Up.
0: Keep your head up. And, all right. Uh, look, Lachlan, I think you're helping loads of people keep their head up and really uh, admirable work. Thanks. Thanks, man. Pleasure.
2: Pleasure. I spent my time watching the spaces that have grown between us and I cut my mind on second best or the scars that come with the greenness and I gave my eyes to the boredom Still, the seabed wouldn't let me in, and I tried my best to embrace the darkness in which I swim. Now walking back down this mountain, the strength of a turning tide, oh the wind so soft at my skin, yeah the sun so hot upon my side, all oh, looking out. At this happiness, I searched for between the sheets, or feeling blind, realized all I was searching for was me. Oh, oh. oh.